0: This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, hey. This episode, we discuss the development of grit, perseverance, and the power of being both a demanding and supportive parent. Also, we debate the best seasoning for Rocky Mountain oysters, and we moo like cows. (laughs) Moo!
0: Podcast. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Are you getting worse? Hey, Rachel. How you doing?
0: Welcome home.
1: Thank you. Had a good trip to the Denver, Colorado. It's you awesome. spent a
0: few days in the lovely state of Denver.
1: Yeah, it was great. Visiting yeah. my family and hiking and hanging out. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. I was here working and sort of going mad because I think when I'm by myself for too long... I just go crazy.
1: What did you eat while you were here? Why well, don't you tell be, us that?
0: Before 4 o'clock, <laughs> I would eat four cups of coffee that are at least 35% cream. <laughs> and then a bowl of Lucky Charms at some point.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's, all be- that's before 4 o'clock?
0: That's all I would eat before 4 o'clock. Oh, was like gross. Breakfast at like 11. I did eat a decent amount of soup. You left some soup behind. I uh-huh. bought some... Uh, Like Chunky, Campbell's Chunky Soup. And we also have some ramen, like the cheap, cheap, cheap ramen. So I ate (laughs) soup almost every day. And then uh, by the second day, maybe the third day, I went out and bought a pre-made salad so I could have some vegetables. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't doing great.
1: No, your system's hurting.
0: It is hurting. Um, But I missed you guys terribly. Thanks. Um, And I'm glad you're home.
1: We missed you, too. Uh,
0: So one... I, I did have a like, kind of a busy work week and a lot of like exhausting work, like interactive presentations and stuff.
1: Like you had to talk to people and that yeah. made you tired? Uh,
0: people are the worst. <laughs> I can't believe we decided to do something where I have to talk <laughs> as, as our hobby slash ministry.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Seriously.
0: But anyway, so Thursday evening, I went to hit golf balls just to like decompress. And um, all of a sudden, I'm kind of packing up and I look at my phone and I have a text from someone who I haven't seen in like, I don't know, a year. And he's like, hey, nice swing. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) at first I I'm like, what is going on? Obviously, he's also there at the driving range somewhere. So I find him and have a nice little chat. Uh, But then as I'm getting ready to go, he's like, oh, hey, I I texted your wife to tell her I I see you hitting balls. But it auto-corrected to, I see David's hot balls. (laughs)
1: laughed out loud when i got that text from your friend it was hilarious
0: <laughs> so anyway golf balls
1: yeah yeah so yeah hot th- balls though
0: that's that's our week <laughs> so
1: awkward i tried to convince our boys to eat rocky mountain oysters ah. i know and Do you want to tell
0: people just in case they don't know what that is just in case
1: you don't know it is a, a um the remnants of a castrated bull so is that a polite way to say it
0: it's bull balls right
1: Bull balls. Yep. And yeah. once our boys found out that, they kept saying it, but never did they want to eat them. Oh no,
0: I've never had one. You've had them, right? Uh, no,
1: I. Oh, uh, like, I thought you ate them haven't. like on
0: a dare in high school or something. No, okay. I
1: haven't had them, but um, they and look disgusting. How
0: do they prepare them? Fried? Or?
1: I guess so. Yeah. Or? So apparently, there's this place in Denver that makes them really well, and there's like some special spice and seasoning they put on them. That's really good. So I talked to my dad about it, and he said that the grossest part is the smell of them.
0: Oh <laughs> man! And
1: I'll just stop there. Yeah, it is. All right. They're gross.
0: So that's a good start to the, the whole <laughs> Hi, conversation.
1: Welcome. We're uh, really glad you're here.
0: We are glad you're here. Um, we hope you enjoy and are encouraged by this conversation. It's going to get better. I promise. <laughs> We're gonna talk. Uh, last week, we sort of alluded to a few topics we want to cover over the next few weeks, and the first one is grit
1: yeah. or
0: perseverance, and how we are trying to develop that in our kids, and some thoughts on that. And then, of course, today we had a a tough, maybe less than gritty day.
1: Oh my gosh, whiny kids!
0: Uh, yeah, it was just hard. We we went out to do like something fun, the folly corn maze thing, and just at some point each of them was disappointed with the experience. And then I think I lost it at one point. And, you know, so I don't have a lot of (laughs) grit either. (laughs) This is why it's called growing up with kids.
1: Seriously, we are learning as we go, apparently.
0: So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to actually talk about this. I think this is interesting. I do feel like... um, on a scale of 50 is normal and 100 is amazing, I feel like I'm maybe slightly below average on the old perseverance scale, maybe Mm -hmm. somewhere in the high 40s. Yeah. And I'm hopeful to raise kids that maybe are in the 50s or 60s, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we think about this a lot and talk about it a lot. And this will come up during our conversation, but I do want to mention that there is a book just on grit, which I've read, um, and I think I've read some of it to you. Uh, It's really interesting, and it's by Angela Duckworth. It's called Grit. The Power of Passion and Perseverance. So I would recommend that to anyone who wants to learn about it, just in general for themselves, but also there is some um, parenting pieces in here as well.
1: What would you say that grit is? Like, let's just lay out and define what grit is and then what the value of um, grit in your kids is, and I guess in self.
0: Yeah, so grit is... um, I think the closest word is perseverance. I don't know if that's exactly the same thing, Uh but it's this idea... That we are able to sort of push through and commit to things and follow through on those things, no matter how hard they are, and that when we fail, we're able to get ourselves back up um, and move forward. Yeah, it doesn't mean we never like change, like decide to stop doing something or or change directions, but it's this ability to kind of have uh, a hopeful spirit that, like, hey, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to I'm going to master things and I'm going to you know continue to grow.
1: Yeah, I think that um, we're going to talk about this, I think, in a little bit, but what comes to mind for me is the development of a growth mindset, Mm -hmm. sort of like having, rather than approaching a failure and saying, gosh, I just failed, approaching a failure and saying, wow, how can I think creatively, innovatively to get through this? How do I brainstorm around this? And then produce something, and it may not be up to a standard that you would expect, but grit pushes you forward in that
0: yeah and so growth mindset the way I think of that and so tell me if you're thinking about it differently or define it differently is this idea to have essentially a belief that I can get better at things that I can improve I can grow right and the people around me can as well
1: exactly exactly and I think that the value of that having a growth mindset and having grit the bottom line is I think that it offers self-assuredness Um, It obviously produces hard work, but I think that there's a level of self-esteem that's developed in children specifically as they have grit. Um, And I think that they also can get a realistic perspective on themselves when they have more grit. They can understand what their lines are, where they fail and where they're successful, and then um, navigate that, which I think... I think in general just produces a lot of self-confidence and ability to self-advocate or to back down from a situation gives them some humility. Maybe, I don't know. The humility part is. We're still working on (laughs) it. Yeah.
0: You mean you and I are still working on it in ourselves.
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So let me ask this question. We're in the situation today where one of our children is struggling I don't do a great job of dealing with that. (laughs) That's an understatement. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, okay. I don't do a great job engaging with that. So you take a crack at it. You do a much better job. What is it in that moment that you're trying to communicate to um, help them through what they're going through, but also to develop perseverance and grit in them in that moment?
1: Yeah, I would say this sort of, I would say this is our first point where, What I did to engage our child at a moment of weakness um, that they were experiencing was to build them up and um, fight against the lies that say that they are not good enough or that say that they're left out. Like, I think there are all kinds of things that were going on or there were all kinds of things that were going on. And my job was not to say, stop that or, you know, like you're being ridiculous or you're stomping your feet. Now get up. This is ridiculous. You know, like sort of what I want to say is this is crazy. I don't know what's wrong with you. Please stop for the love.
0: Yeah. Can but, I interrupt real quickly on yeah. that? Because I think I am much quicker to say those things, unfortunately. The this is crazy. Just
1: I can neither c- confirm or deny. <laughs>
0: thank you senator um and i think here's what's going on in me and maybe other parents can relate is i know they can do better and they're they have this like negative self-talk like oh i'm being left out or nobody likes me or all these things that i know aren't true Mm -hmm. but it's not helpful for me to just be like those things aren't true move on like they are true to them And I need to engage and help them see that they're not true. But that's not just by telling them, stop believing that.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. So what happened today was like you and two other boys went ahead and I stood with our son, the one that was having some trouble at that moment, and just forced him to look me in the eye. And held his cheeks like there's something about physical contact that like when you hold cheeks or you have your hands on top of each other that engages um, in a different way. So had physical contact and said, "Let me. I think you might forget who you really are." And he fought it. He was angry. He didn't want to engage. He didn't want to look at me. It was almost like he was like riled up in his own shame and his own self doubt. And so when I forced him to look me in the eye. And said, "Let me tell you exactly what's great about you. Like you're smart in this way, and I gave specifics. I didn't just say you're a you're such a good boy, you're such a nice kid, you're a really great friend. Like that, 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 that. like that feels like a checkbox. But yeah. I mean, and it, it takes some work. It did take some work for me to dig deep in that moment and think, okay, like I am frustrated with you. However, what is it that is really unique about you? What has God really gifted you with? And to say those things out loud and be able to say." these are the great parts of you. Remember, let me remind you over and over because you can't seem to remember this. And then you could see his demeanor begin to change. And then at the end, I was able to say, hey, with those things, with your gifts, you can move into the family. You can move into the relationships and you can move into this stupid corn maze, you know? And it's good to joke about it. And, you know, like we kind of laughed about um, he's... um, good at (laughs) the smelliest farts. I know that sounds terrible, but like I did mention that. I was like, you have the smelliest farts in the family. Like that's kind of a gift along with like you're able to read this particular stuff that your brothers were never able to do. And you have um, a way of drawing people in and leading people. So all of these things built up. And then at the end was the moment where I was like, hey, now I'm sending you out. Here is your job. Your job is to remember who you are, and to stay firm in that, and let and let everything else whip around you. Yeah. And his, you could see his even his physicality reflected his change in how he thought about himself. Yeah, which was good, but it did not dismiss that he still was angry about something that had happened earlier. Yeah, and so when he said that, I kind of thought it was ridiculous. I don't know if it was ridiculous. I just felt like. Uh, this isn't that big a deal. But to him it was, and so I just held him, and I just said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that affected you. Yeah. Do you remember who you are in this, in spite of me being hurtful to you? Right. Like, and and it changed the dynamic, I think. Is that yeah. accurate?
0: Yeah, it did. And, and he had something, like, you came out on their side. So a couple of things happened there. One, you engaged with him. And sought out what was going on underneath and not just the surface frustration he was feeling. Right. Um, You then, like you said, spoke life into him. Um, You offered some truth because a lot of times we don't have grit because we're believing lies, which is sort of where we started, right, about ourselves.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And so we'd rather give up than keep fighting. Um, you use some humor like the fart thing is kind of just a funny thing that we joke about and it is funny to him if it wasn't then that would not have been a good thing to use (laughs) right right? right. but like you might use uh, another parent might use something totally different that's silly like you're the best at whatever (coughs) excuse me um and uh and then you brought it around back but then he still had sort of a legitimate um gripe sounds too uh pithy or whatever, but, like, he had a legitimate concern about how I had communicated with him or yes. what I hadn't communicated to him, and you, you know, talked to him about, okay, I'll tell dad, and then I was able to engage with him on that and not have to have, like, a whole new talk, but actually just kind of change what I was doing to try to meet him where he was at.
1: Exactly. So
0: to me, it was, like, exactly. a a good full circle of, you know, engaging with him, calling him higher, having some fun with him, but also addressing his problem um, and realizing it was someone else that wasn't you or him that needed to also be involved and then bringing me into that
1: Exactly, exactly. So I think what happened there was it, it is a scenario where we um, were able to build up rather than deteriorate. I think building up is encouraging and I think when we are um, when we are sort of eroding at who they are we i think criticism is one of the biggest erosion tools i think it takes a pickaxe at a kid um and i'm not saying that we should not have critical thinking or be critical in some ways but but framing that in a way that might bolster up who they actually are is really important
0: yeah i would phrase it we need to make sure we're heavy on constructive if we're going to be critical, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that there is a tendency in our family. And I think I see this in a lot of family families, which is, this is hard to fight. Um, but there is a critique of everything. Like, and I think we live in a culture that is critical. Like, you are either black or white or you land on this side or that side. You are left or right. or Like there are these extremes that force us to be critical, which hides in being smart or thoughtful. But the truth is it's just critical and it tears other people down. Whereas I think you're right. Like it, being critical is necessary because it does mean that you are thinking, but in a constructive way is also um, is, is imperative.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, so uh, I think this idea of deteriorating, not deteriorating, but obviously trying to build up, uh, is so important. And I think what you just mentioned is one way to deteriorate is being critical. The other one that maybe I fall into, along with sometimes being critical, is being dismissive. Mm. And so it's like when someone, one of our kids is struggling with something, sort of being like just get over it right like exactly the example we used from earlier today like i was too quick to be like hey you need to move through this like i was yeah. asking for grit without actually working with him on it um and i think that can be dismissive and so that also deteriorates because it's like oh my feelings don't matter or my feelings are wrong or things like that which are not true
1: yeah exactly yeah. and i think that happens among adults I, I think it's called um mooing you know like when
0: Rooing. Well, what? let me explain. Like
1: I feel like when someone is dismissive, I think that the sound that's made is mm hmm oh. mm hmm, and it's meant to be agreeable or like to say, "Yeah, I'm with you." Which I think sometimes that is the intent. But I think in some circles, like. It can be dismissive or like condescending. Just, and I think we do that with our kids, where we're like, "Hmm, hmm, 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 good." Like these weird noises, right? Rather than being explicit and saying, "This is what I see. This is what I know." Thank you for sharing. Blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, I think that's mooing because mooing would be <laughs> moo. Like every time you yeah. tell me you're failing, cause I'm just like... Mmm. So I can guarantee
1: that you and our listeners, anytime they hear someone do that now, we'll hear like mooing mmm. noises. <laughs> All
0: right. So part of... Uh, if we can transition, if that's okay with you. Yes. Um, so I think part of the grit conversation is helping our kids fail and survive that. Ugh, <laughs> so like yeah. fail in an age appropriate and really supportive ways so that they um, can see what it feels like and see what it feels like to get themselves off the mat, if you will, and keep going.
1: Yeah, to allow struggle, which I think, you know, you talk about like that you are more critical or that you um, talk in a different way than I do. Like I would say that this is my failure is that I I will do almost anything to protect our kids from struggle or failure or frustration Um, because it's hard as a parent to watch them be frustrated. Um, And I would much rather just fix the problem and then move forward rather than let them sort of muck through life, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think there can be some balance in this, right? Like sometimes I can be too callous, but to your point, like sometimes it's good... To lovingly say, like, okay, this isn't going well. Like, I'm not going to lower the expectations or tell you you're doing a good job if you're not. Um, but I'm not going to um, make failure this terrible thing either, right? Yeah. to destigmatize failure and say, like, okay, I gave you this task. I knew it was going to be high a high bar that you may not get to it. You didn't get to it. Let me help you see where you didn't get to it. Um, How can we improve? And it's okay that you didn't get there in the sense that, like, that's not the end of the world. But going back to that growth mindset, like, you can get better, and I believe in you and expect that you will get there.
1: Exactly. I think some examples of this are putting kids in activities or situations outside of their comfort zone. Um, I remember specifically when I was in high school, I went on a missions trip, which was terrifying. I went to Mexico. And they were with kids that were older than me, and I just I felt totally out of my league. But my parents said that I should go, and so I went. And I was scared, but it was the best experience that I could have ex- could have had in my her- early high school years to establish um, the fact that I was capable. Mm-hmm. And nobody bailed me out. It was it was good. It was a frustration, but it was good. And I think I've seen this in our own kids, even when we had. Um, A young young little guy who was in kindergarten who was trying to develop grit. We spent some time playing basketball together, and um, we tossed the basketball back and forth. And I was talking with him as we were doing this about developing grit, like, and we would just scream it. We'd be like, I have grit, you know, like yelling at the top of our lungs. And I kept throwing the basketball harder and harder to a point where he should not have been able to catch it. But because we sort of built up to that, he built up stamina and he built up the strength to be catching that ball. This little kindergartner who's yelling at the top of his lungs, I am grit, was catching this ball that I just, I felt like was too hard. But there was something significant that happened in him that said, like, I can do this. And I think that the tactile part of that, like the... The actual physicality, again, of yelling and being stronger than what you think you are was um, putting him in a position of fear. Like, I think he was a little nervous about catching that ball. I think that he felt frustrated with himself, like he was unable to play basketball. But slowly but surely, that developed. And then he, in other situations, would sort of verbally verbalize I am grit sort of take on that persona. Yeah. And it developed something in him that was really beautiful that year.
0: Yeah. Um I think what's helpful for me as you were talking in that story is thinking through areas where we want our kids to develop and instead of like throwing a fastball at them and being like oh you can't hit a baseball, it's like you you start slow. Like what you're talking about like right. you're tossing the basketball you're talking. You slowly are picking up speed, and so his reflexes are picking up like he's warming up to it, and then he's catching balls that are going faster than he would have been able to catch before you did this. And I think that's true with chores. It can be true with schoolwork. It can be true with any number of things where you start at the level where they're at, kind of engage with them, build a little bit of confidence, but you don't just stop there and say, okay, well, you can hit the ball off a tee, we're just going to keep letting you do that. It's like, well, every time we're going to start on the T, you're going to hit it, it's going to be easy. Right. And then we're going to start moving it up, and I'm going to soft pitch it to you, and eventually I'm going to start throwing it at, you know, not at you, but it faster, um, and you're going to build up those muscles because you're getting tested each time, but you're warming yourself into it. Uh, and I think that's a real, like, I think of it, often I ask our kids to do things around the house, and they kind of know how to do them, but th- mainly because they've seen us do them, and then they do it, and they do a pretty bad job, and I'm like, ah, next time I should just do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, okay, I'm going to have you come along, and I'm going to have you do this part. Yeah. And then next time, I'll make it a little bit harder, not like, or, or give you a little bit more of it, so it will be harder for you. And over time, you're going to be able to mow the lawn or do whatever
1: exactly that I, the way I
0: want it done, um, really well and really thoughtfully.
1: Yeah, I think that that feeds into developing a growth mindset. Like, I think that I mean, I said developing a growth mindset, but I'm going to use that word again the idea that kids don't reach a plateau and then they don't grow until the next year at that time when they reach another level. Like, we're not on a ladder of success. Um, If we can look at our kids and say, man, we are going to develop this over and over and over and um, put good teaching in place, put practice in place, through effort, they develop a growth mindset, not because they've reached some plateau and then the next year they magically reach another one, but they are really experiencing what they're capable of outside of the expectations of anybody else, which is great. Um, I think that's where we need to see our kids really well, um, be able to push them to their fullest um, potential.
0: Yeah, Uh, I just absolutely agree. I have nothing to add, but seeing our kids well and kind of like being uh, custom (laughs) to each of them and where they're at.
1: So that reminds me of um, just a thought process that we have had around our family. So we, as a family, have made some decisions to step into harder things, some more, I would say, riskier things in some ways, some of the decisions we've made. Um, And people's pretty consistent question is, aren't you afraid it's going to hurt your kids? Like, aren't you afraid that they're going to be affected negatively by... um, Doing what you're doing. And I'm trying to stay vague because uh, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, um, the point is that my response typically is kids can do hard things. Um, like they shouldn't be left alone to do hard things or to be left in frustration or left spun out. But kids are really capable to do hard things. And our job is to set up lines and to set up boundaries so that, one, they have an incredible... Okay, so as a side note, we have, like, owls outside going at it or something.
0: I don't know. <laughs> one of them sounds like an owl, and one sounds so like a distracted. swallow.
1: I'm so distracted. So, okay. So the point is that kids are able to do hard things, and in a lot of ways as parents, our job is to let them engage in that, build them up during the, that, um, and hold them to high standards as they engage in hard things, and to draw some lines, I think, that adds to self-confidence because the goal is really to have kids who are really, really stable, Real self-assured, not in a cocky or arrogant way, because I think that sometimes comes across like can be false, um, mm-hmm. but a really authentic self-confidence. And I think that the way that we really do that is by drawing some lines for them.
0: And, and I would say the ultimate goal is to have adults who can do hard things. Yeah. And who can you know deal with disappointment, deal with failure, get up and keep moving forward, because um, we all run into failure and suffering and brokenness in our lives. And so we're well served by our parents to help us get used to that, not by being mean to us, but by putting us in age appropriate situations where we have to struggle or we have to really try at things. And to your point, which I think is just so important is have them do hard things, but be with them. And as they age, you'll need to be with them less and less. Or exactly. for just different parts, you'll go from like really walking alongside them to being more of an advisor and guide as they get into middle school and high school where they come back to you and you say, well, I think you should think about this or "You know, how can I support you in that? And then eventually, you know, they're adults and they're doing hard things and they're living their lives and that's the adventure you want for them.
1: Exactly. And I think this... I have to bring in a Christian perspective on this just really quickly. So if you want to shut it off now, um, if you don't...
0: If you miss the stat of the week, you will be so (laughs) disappointed.
1: I know, maybe I should tack this on to the end. If you're not a believer, that's okay. But um, I have to say that our faith informs a lot of this. And um, I think that what our culture is telling us is to establish kids because they have what it takes inside of them. They just need to find something deep inside of them that will accomplish or be gritty or offer them self-esteem. But the truth is, I don't know about you, but I am pretty darn human. And I will almost always come up short when I try to seek this out in myself. And so I have to point my kids and namely, I have to point myself to something outside of myself that is bigger than me. Um, and. For us, that is establishing our kids in their faith and letting them know that um, that they are loved beyond how they might feel that day. Because they will wrestle down these lies, they will fall into believing negative things about themselves, and not to say that Jesus is all sunshine and roses you know like i don't think he's there to just make us happy or to like make us feel better about ourselves but i think what the the truth is and what we're modeling for our kids is that the lord is with us in that he never says that we're dismissed from suffering or from failure or from hardship but he always says i'm with you and i think that's what we are trying to demonstrate for our kids that offers them the establishment that they need saying you are not alone you we are with you sort of replicating how the Lord is with us so that when they grow to be adults, we can send them out and say, remember, this is who the Lord actually is. He's not going to keep you from risk. He's not going to keep you from frustration. But man, he will keep you in Mm. general.
0: Yeah, that's a good word, Rach. Praise Jesus. I think that's... (laughs) I think (laughs) Uh, That was well done. And I think it's time to move to the stat of the week.
1: Sounds good. Stat of the week. All right, Rach. Rach, Dave.
0: Let's do a little stat of the week.
1: Stat of the week, sounds good. So
0: I was looking at um, sort of a summary of uh, several different research papers on grit and perseverance, Mm -hmm. including some of which came from the author of the book we mentioned earlier, Grit, um, Angela Duckworth but uh, there's other people who've also studied it. And um, some studies show that there's no real differences based off of demographics, so like age or gender Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of grittiness. But there are at least a few studies that have shown that there are. Hmm. And so in those studies that have shown that um, gender impacts grittiness, which gender, male or female, do you think is more likely to be grittier?
1: (laughs) Well, of course I'm going to say female. Uh, Why is that? Because I'm a girl. Uh, and because I think grit is a really good thing to have. It's a quality. So I would like to say that women have more grit. Um, but I actually do think women might have more grit. Like I think that actually might also be true, not just because I'm a girl.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Good. Well,
1: I think that I, the reason, I, we haven't discussed this at all, but the reason I have in my mind is that I think historically men have had to struggle less. um, On the whole. On the whole. Absolutely. Um, And so I think that struggle and frustration and, um, yeah, and uh, suffering in some ways um, or feeling powerless offers someone a bit more grit.
0: Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I think that's a interesting way to think of it, and probably a correct way to think about it. I'm trying to think, I didn't actually ask myself this question before I read the answer, but I think I would have said the same. Um, Are we right? Uh, well, you know, just be patient. I can Have some perseverance. <laughs> um, and I think part of it for me is like women, I think objectively, I actually haven't read this, but... I, feel like I've heard this enough that it must be true that women have higher pain tolerance than men
1: Uh Um,
0: and I feel like and that's physical pain but I just feel like in some ways grit is having higher emotional pain tolerance Mm -hmm. and so I just sort of expect and when I look around at some of the women I'm closest to I feel like they are grittier than the men (laughs) (laughs) that they're related to. I don't know if that's totally true. I would say you're grittier than me. Um, but yeah, it is actually females. Um,
1: loudness does not equal grit. Just an FYI. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> loudness. No, I didn't say you were louder, just grittier. Um, and yeah, and I, I don't know what the reasons are and they're not really sure on those either. So I thought that was interesting. What do you think um, on terms of correlation between age? Do you think you get grittier as you're older or you lose grit as you get older?
1: Oh, that's now that's more difficult. I, I don't know. Um I would like to think that I will get grittier as I get older, but I'm wondering if my drive just in general will be diminished a bit or decline. And so without that like visceral feeling, like that internal yeah. drive, I wonder if my grit would be a little bit lower just because I don't want as much, you know? Like yeah. I'm I'm hoping that when I'm in my 70s that I'm a bit more settled in who I am than I am now.
0: Yeah, so the research shows that um, it's a positive correlation. So as you're older, you have more grit. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm remembering it all correctly, I don't think they had, like, really old people in the study because they sort of categorized (laughs) it as, like, over 32 or under 32. Oh,
1: my gosh. Um, It's not old. (laughs) I didn't say old.
0: but (laughs) uh, So it says here... Therefore, the present study gained support from previous researchers' findings revealed that students above the age of 31 were significantly more likely to score high on the GRIT scale compared to students between the ages of 18 and 21. Oh, so at the very least, you can say that there is some growth in your young adulthood in GRIT. Um, oh. And that makes sense to me. Going back to the growth mindset, like I do feel like GRIT is something you gain over time. I would bet on average, there's probably like a peak of grittiness, if you will, that might be in your 50s or 60s mm-hmm. that does start to tail off as you just kind of get older and tired and you're, you know, sort of used to things. But mm-hmm. um, I would think there's an upward uh, trajectory and I'm hopeful there still is in my 40s. Like I feel like I'm getting grittier. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping I'm getting grittier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, And
1: I think that when as you're talking, I know that we want to cut, cut this off, but... Um, as you're talking, it makes me feel energized to help our kids develop grit so that when they leave the house they like they're able to really um push in their twenties and thirties towards yeah. something that they really want um yeah. and that that can be career but marriage or whatever you know um where they're able to handle a lot and um yeah i want I want their shoulders to be broad,
0: yeah. Well, with that, I want to leave us with a quote um, from the book Grit, uh, and it's about this idea of being both demanding and supportive, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think she is quoting someone else's studies, Larry Steinberg, I believe, so uh, I want to make sure everyone gets the credit they deserve, Um, but it says in here, regardless of gender, ethnicity, social class, or parents' marital status, teens with warm respectful and demanding parents earned higher grades in school were more self-reliant suffered from less anxiety and depression and were less likely to engage in delinquent behavior so to me that's That's a good encouragement to be both demanding in the best way possible and supportive and loving in the best way possible
1: man that's the truth good that's a good uh good quote Thanks, Rach. Yeah.
0: I didn't write it myself.
1: <laughs> hey, we just want to um, let you know that we're really glad that you listened to us. Thanks for hanging with us. We're, we've been around for a little while now and would love for your reviews and your ratings. I mean, we'll take bad or good. That's fine. We'll
0: take good. <laughs> I don't know why you say that. We will not take your bad ratings. We
1: can take some constructive <laughs> feedback so that we can develop a growth mindset.
0: Yes, you can actually email (laughs) us on the website if you have constructive feedback. We would gladly take it.
1: Yeah, constructive feedback, questions, et cetera. But we really would love it if you would uh, throw us a review and a rating on your old iTunes.
0: Yes, thanks to everyone for listening. And, Rachel, thank you to working on the farm.
1: Thank you for working on the farm. Check ya.